0: African Dialogue, looking at different events in-depth, discussing a variety of issues.
1: What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwange and uh, Stephen.
2: The position of Greenpeace is that
3: it's been a disappointing meeting.
0: Good morning, good morning and welcome to the Thursday edition of uh, African Dialogue here on uh, Channel Africa. I'm Koumbara We are currently on uh, the frequency 9625 kilohertz on uh, the 31 meter band to southern Africa. We are coming to you live from Johannesburg, South Africa. Now, the Africa Innovation Summit was held a few weeks ago in Rwanda. This was a platform for multi-stakeholder dialogue and a catalyst for coalition and action towards building robust innovation ecosystems in Africa. The main highlight of the summit was uh, the innovators who are uh, tackling the challenges in water and sanitation, food security and agriculture, healthcare, good governance and energy. Now, joining me to talk about the outcomes of uh, this summit. On the line, we have uh, Dr. Oluk Benga Adesida. He is uh, the director of uh, the African Innovation Summit. And uh, yeah, he's joining us on the line, as I said. And here in studio, I'm joined by two guests. I've got Tracy Webster. Uh, She is uh, the CEO of Enterprise Room, one of the partners of uh, this initiative. And also joining us is Clement Mukwenene, one of uh, the top 50 innovators selected from across uh, the continent and indeed uh, <laughs> uh, you exhibited uh, your innovation at the summit isn't it clement yes i did Thank all you, right man. all right cool let me start with you dr adeside just give us a bit of uh, a background here to the africa innovation summit and some of the key outcomes of uh, the forum held in rwanda last month what would you say are the key outcomes of uh, of the summit
1: Uh, Good morning. How are you? Um,
0: we good. Thank you for
1: the invitation to participate in this uh, discussion. Uh, The Africa Innovation Summit uh, is a platform that we've been building with partners for some time now to begin to see how we can uh, showcase what is happening in Africa and how we can harness the innovation that is taking place on the continent to address the perennial challenges facing Africa uh, since independence. Uh, One of the outcomes we can see is, that is the issue of building networks in Africa. Uh, many, in many of our countries, we have pockets of innovators isolated that are working on their own trying to address issues. And what we are trying to do with the platform, and I think what we actually ach- achieved to some extent in this summit that, that just took place, is linking African innovators together so they can share ideas, they can work together to resolve problems uh, jointly. And that is one. Uh, second is to begin to open the doors in terms of providing support for these innovators. Uh, one of the things that we are working on with them uh, at the, during the summit and after, we're going to be working on going forward, is having, say, helping them to see how they can overcome some of the challenges that they face. And one of these big challenges is financing, access to finance to scale up innovations uh, uh, around the continent. It's another critical issue that we're working on. And the, thir- the third part is the issue of influencing policy. So that we can begin to build an environment that is more conducive uh, for innovations uh, on the continent. Sure.
0: Now, w- one of the goals of uh, the summit, Doctor Adesida, is uh, to engage as many people as possible in order to build a broad uh, constituency in support of uh, innovation in Africa. How important is innovation for Africa's development, Doctor?
1: Uh, we uh, um. We can say that without innovation, we are not going to be able to make it. Uh, The continent is facing so many challenges, whether it's from water, access to power, energy, uh, corruption. uh, the different issues and different problems coming at the continent uh, from different angles that we need to find new ways and new approaches to getting things done. Uh, When we're talking about innovation, we're not just talking about technology. We're talking about the way of life. Uh, We're asking that we should begin to think creatively uh, to use the little resources resources that we have uh, more efficiently so we can be able to address the challenges that are facing the continent Uh, yes we need uh, financing yes we need uh, skills yes we need all these other things that we uh, contribute to our development but what is going to pull all this together for us in our view is innovation
0: and are you satisfied with the buy-in from the key stakeholders who were part of this forum
1: yes we are satisfied uh, at least for for the object that we set for that summit Uh, we achieve our objectives uh, but what we are going to do uh, what we are planning to do is that this has to continue and we have to find ways as we said earlier on to bring more people on board Uh, innovation is not uh, is too important for us to leave it only to the leaders or to leave it only to engineers we all africans have to be engaged in this process and that's what we are trying to do and hopefully uh, as we go along, we'll be able to enlist more people to join this uh, uh, struggle, this fight to get innovation and the art of development in, Af- in Africa.
0: All right, let me bring you in here, Tracy. We are all Africans and we have to be engaged in this process, as uh, Dr. Adeside is saying. What would you say are the key takeaways of uh, you know this summit which was held in Rwanda last month?
2: I would say... One of the most inspiring um, moments in the in, in the summit was seeing our innovators engaging at every single level. So they really became uh, the thought leaders on all the panels. And yes, we had a lot of ministers and dignitaries sitting on the panels. But when you put the innovators into the mix, suddenly you have to start having a very real conversation around what is hindering these innovators from going to scale. And so I think the debate became very rich. And I think the posture of people started to change. Policymakers needed to actually listen and not just write policy in the way we've been doing it over and over again because it's not working. We have to do things differently and I think what we highlighted is that the young people are the leaders. They're the innovators. They're the ones that have the energy. They're the ones that are being creative and coming up with the solutions and so we really need to position them as the leaders. And the rest of us, whether we the policymakers, whether we the financiers, we need to listen around what we need to do in order to support them to get to the next level. And I think... Uh, There were a lot of challenging conversations, but I think it was a real time of reflection to start realizing that irrespective of what aspect of society and whether you're an educator, whether you're financing, we can no longer say, oh, unfortunately, I can't finance this person because uh, they don't fit the risk profile. What do I have to do as a bank to readjust and innovate on how I can reach that person to be able to finance them. So I think things are starting to shift. And for me, that was, was really, really exciting. Um, and we provided a platform for the innovators to take the lead. And I think in turn, they inspired us to realize that the con- the continent is in good hands um, um, in terms of the future. So I think people left feeling incredibly excited about the possibility we talk a lot about leapfrogging. Africa must leapfrog. Well, we can't just talk about this phrase. We have to create an innovative environment um, and make sure that the ecosystem system is working together. And that is how we will actually leapfrog. Did you...
0: Get any sense, Tracy, that uh, there is a political will on the part of African policymakers um, you know when you were engaging with them at, at the summit? Did you, did you get that sense that African leaders are interested in growing innovation on the continent?
2: Yes, we definitely did. Look, I think it was fantastic that we held it in uh, Kigali. I think Rwanda really is a fantastic backdrop in terms of being a city and a country that is incredibly innovative in terms of their approach to everything that they're doing. So I think that was fantastic. And post, uh, literally within that week, uh, what I have found uh, was how proactive Rwanda was around being very intentional about creating meetings and opportunities for the young innovators there to bring their products and their services into Rwanda and to start looking at how they can start scaling beyond the borders of their own country and to start um, scaling into Rwanda. So that was just one pocket and one example of a country that really took it seriously um, and then went on to create those opportunities Uh, For the innovators to start um, Implementing in Rwanda Sure.
0: Now can you just talk to us about The evaluation process To select the top innovators Who got an opportunity To exhibit at the forum I can imagine the review process Must have been thorough Talk to us about that.
2: It was very thorough. First of all, we decided it was going to be a competitive process. It was all about meritocracy, so the best people were going sure. to get to the top. Uh, we went out and we uh, managed to get applications from 44 African countries, so the competition was was very wide. Um, we, we had a process where we were looking for either um, – uh, innovations that were at MVP stage ready to commercialize or those that were ready to scale and that they had to prove where they were in the process and what impact they'd already made to date. We then worked very closely with networks such as the Archbishop Desmond Tutu Leadership Fellowship and we had Tutu fellows across the continent that served, um, as judges, um, because they are sector experts so we had sector experts um, as the judges that were judging them sure. um, and at the end of the day what was really interesting is that 18 countries were represented in the top 50 uh, you know at first i was a little bit nervous was it going to be the usual sort of nigerians kenyans and south africans that dominate but i'm glad to say that there were 18 countries that were represented
0: mm-hmm. We have Clement here. He is one of the, you know, top innovators who got a rare opportunity to actually exhibit at the forum. I'm going to bring him in shortly, but I want you to just, you know, talk to us about what happens after, you know, the innovators have uh, exhibited at a forum like this one. Does it end there or are they offered constant support until their ideas are scaled up across the continent and indeed the world what happens after the exhibition of these uh, innovations
2: so the first thing that i think just happens organically which is why we love innovators is <laughs> sure. that we they, we literally on a whatsapp group all 50 yeah. the networking amongst each other and the opportunity that they're creating for each other around bringing um, their products or innovations into each other's countries is already happening. So organically, that's already happening when you bring the right people together in the right mix. What we're wanting to do and what we're starting to speak to some of the sponsors um, of this year is how do we start looking and um, at at how we can invest in and start taking some of these um, innovations to scale. So those conversations are underway at this point in time. We're not promising anything but that certainly is the vision of AIS is to make sure that we have the right type of funding to invest in order for these to go to scale. So I think a lot of the development banks have an opportunity to to come in here at this level and then obviously it's also around profiling. So just by the fact that we are engaging with media to constantly profile these innovators so their stories are heard, their message out um, and and they can continue to create business opportunities through the profiling.
0: Sure. Let me bring you in here, Clement Mukwen. You are one of the, uh, like you once, uh, one of the 50 innovators that we se- were selected from across the continent to exhibit at the forum. Your innovation is uh, Vehicle Energy Harvesting System, South Africa. Tell us a little bit about your innovation. How did it come about?
3: Well, um, I it started in 2011, really. I saw an aeroplane land, and and as it did, the amount of uh, energy that came out of it, you know, the, the friction as it touches on, on, on the runway, yeah. alerted me to the amount of energy that gets transferred between the aeroplane and the runway. Mm. And then by the law of conservation of energy, you can't destroy energy. The minute it goes in, you can get it out. So this then set me on a journey to to then find a way to actually harvest this energy and convert it into a usable form. And it was just not on the runways; it was also on our roads because as the vehicles are driving on the road, they put a lot of pressure on the road. And to generate electricity, you all you need is pressure, with the exception of solar. Solar is the only uh, source of energy that does not use pressure, but the rest of them use pressure. And traffic generates massive, massive quantities. Yeah. Of pressure, so that's how the idea was born. Mm-hmm. Basically, we install an overlay layer on on top of an any any road, effectively. And as the vehicles are driving on it, um, the pressure is extracted. Then it's used to drive a turbine. Mm. and the turbine starts rotating and as it rotates it drives a generator and it generates electricity
0: sure and what kind of feedback did you get immediately after coming up with this uh, re-initiative i'm sure some would have told you that ah this one is (laughs) it's crazy Uh, what kind of a feedback did you get from you know your
3: peers and your community alike you you always get two groups there will yeah. always be those that think you are absolutely mad. <laughs> sure. And then there they are those that think you are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. There's nothing in between. Sure. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, but um, we, we did a lot of validation. Mm. So, with, with, with a technology like this, which is why I said we started in 2011, Yeah. Um, you, you got to test because um, the interesting part is that most of, of, of our hypotheses are not in the textbooks. Mm, so mm, mm. We, we we had to physically test stuff, break stuff, fail and then innovate yourself out of those and then eventually you get to a product that that really works. So mm. yeah, it's, it's 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 been that process where even those that believe that started off believing you are mad they start believing okay there's something in there you know, <laughs> yeah, So yeah so.
0: but how did you benefit from the um african innovation summit held last month did it help you in any way in terms of exposure
3: absolutely um firstly just being able to 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 uh, to exhibit at, at at that level i mean you 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 get um the Key players in 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 many in industries across and 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 government as well across yeah. across the continent coming in. There were also people from from um, Europe and, and 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 USA that came and interacted with me as well. Mm-hmm. So at that level, it's 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 it's, it's quite an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And on top of that, to be able to 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 interact with 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 the government officials as well, the policymakers, as 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 Tracy alluded to. And, and you are then able to give input in terms of what we need as, as as innovators, you know, because we we cannot have policy happening in isolation from from the innovators. There's, there needs to be this constant interaction between and then lastly the, the the network that that trace also alluded to sure. between the innovators so it's a pity that it's only 50 i think mm-hmm. it would have been fantastic if it were 100 or so because yeah. then the network gets much bigger so we've also started identifying opportunities of collaboration within the 50 uh, innovators as well so it's it's been fantastic.
0: We hope it's going to reach 100 anytime soon. <laughs> okay, just hold it there because we are going to we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we continue with our conversation. Stay with us.
1: This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite from an African perspective.
0: Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese,
1: French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Thandele and you are listening to Channel Africa.
2: We love Channel Africa, from an African perspective.
3: Channel Africa,
0: bringing you the African perspective. All right, at the time now, it's about 24 minutes after 11 Central African time. You are listening to African Dialogue here on uh, Channel Africa from an African uh, perspective. I am joined on the line by uh, Dr. Oluk Benga Adesida. He is the director of uh, the African Innovation Summit, uh, as well as uh, Tracy Webster, CEO of Enterprise Room, one of the partners of uh, the African Innovation Summit. And also joining us is Clement Mukwenene, one of the top innovators selected from across the continent to exhibit at the forum which was uh, which took place in Rwanda last month. Let me come to you Dr. Adesida there's a report which came out naming South Africa, Rwanda and Kenya that uh, they are uh, the most innovative countries in sub-Saharan Africa what does uh, this mean for the, the African continent?
1: Uh well what what this means is that uh, Rwanda South Africa and Kenya they are doing very well so sure. uh, the other countries may not be doing so well and that we need to do more uh, there are 54 countries in af- there are 54 countries in Africa uh, we cannot sorry I'm getting a call here sorry uh, we cannot um we cannot rest on our laurels that we've been doing we've done some uh, some countries are doing well and others are not doing well sure. so we need to find a way to ensure that Uh, The continent, we are moving along together in terms of development. Uh, Nigeria has a lot of opportunities. Uh, Senegal is doing some some interesting things, and Ghana is also. Uh, But we need to do a bit more than that. Uh, We need to do... Sorry. Yes, we need to do a lot more than this. Uh, The the reality is that uh, the challenges of development are more and more becoming more complex. Uh, The issues that we need to face are more and more difficult. And the global environment has become more and more competitive. And the, the economic environment globally is not as favorable as a political landscape as it was before. So aid is declining. And more and more you'll find countries in, the, uh, in, in Europe and certainly in the, in the U.S. now where the emphasis is, okay, let's develop our, our countries first before sure. we support others. So more and more, African countries, we have to begin to, to see how we can uh, take charge of our development process uh, take the leadership and begin to see how we can mobilize our own resources internally and mobilize our own people to begin to move things forward. So we cannot say, okay, only the Kenyans and the South Africans and the Rwandans should be doing this. We all, from Congo to Central African Republic to, to, uh, to Djibouti, we all have to be engaged. We all are to have to get part, get and get, become part of this process of change globally so that we can begin to be able to compete uh, at the global level. Uh, and develop our
0: economies and our societies. Tracy, what does this report mean to you in terms of Africa?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think you know it's always good to 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 hear the, the the challenges that are out there because it spurs you on to 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 really try harder to make sure that every country is involved in this. And so I couldn't think of a better time for the African Innovation Summit and Platform. Um, to be at a phase where it's going through a growth phase as well. Sure. Because it is it is that particular platform that brings all of those countries together uh, to be able to say, we've got to try harder, we've got to work together. And I, I, again, I think uh, what the AU has done with, with, with getting everyone to start signing up to the um, trade agreement, again, that's going to be able to... Alleviate and, and, and enable us to start scaling up some of the solutions across the continent. So I think we're poised to start seeing a shift in that and to start seeing other countries picking up the baton and really focusing um, on driving um, an ecosystem of innovation in their own countries. And I certainly think that the innovators that we chose from the various different countries are going back home and are going to really hold that torch um, and to challenge their own countries to start really putting a lot of emphasis onto innovation
0: mm-hmm. Clement, when you engage with your peers uh, your fellow innovators, I'm sure they you know you guys talk about some of the hurdles that you had to you know overcome before your ideas became prominent uh, before they became exposed. What would you say are the main challenges that young innovators such as yourself are facing before their ideas become noticed?
3: Well, at the risk of sounding like a stock record, the first thing is finance, you know. And um, then once once at least you you, you get the finance done, you can then get to a, a minimum viable product. And then the issue of access to markets, you know. Um, that's that's big because a lot of the time, even even it, it's something that came from 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 the summit as well. That even if you have a, a a great product, it's it's very difficult to break into the markets, and without 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 a big brother that 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 can help in terms of introducing you in in in, in into the markets as well, helping you to get in there, it becomes very difficult to do it on your own. So the networks and, and we're grateful for, for the Africa Innovation Summit because then at least the network starts to develop from there and then we can then start getting access to the markets as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is your hope uh, Clement in terms of your
0: vehicle energy harvesting system? What are you hoping to achieve like in future with this initiative? Because I'm sure you know there are a lot of people who
3: would like to be like yourself as well but but what, what, what are your hopes? Well the the hopes are at, at at two levels in 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 terms of um, alleviating partly the, the the energy crisis in Africa. Sure, because if if you look at the interface between energy and traffic, you know it's 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 a natural fit because um, energy sort of follows traffic. Wherever wherever there there is traffic, we need energy there. You know. So it tells you there's a lot of people. So if we can find that link where we can then leverage traffic to 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 alleviate energy challenges in Africa, and then at, at the next level is the empowerment portion that comes with it. The the infrastructure is quite com- comprehensive, and and as a result, we'll be able to create a lot of jobs and create opportunities for the locals to 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 to, 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 to participate in the mainstream economy. So for me, that's that's the bigger hope, and and we we're looking at rolling this out in 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 the next year and then take it from there Mm -hmm. tracy
0: apart from uh, the energy innovation uh sector you know that clement is talking to us about which other areas are experiencing innovation within the african continent because i believe it's not only just about energy sector you do have other sectors as well that are experiencing this kind of innovation that africa needs which are those areas
2: so the other areas we focused on were health, uh, looking at solving for food insecurity, sure. uh, governance as well. Um, they they were the, the, the major ones um, and very blown away by uh, health and what's happening in health. Um, in fact, we had one uh, incredible Nigerian woman that decided, you know, being a doctor, she could only ever help 100 patients a day. That how does she save 1,000 lives a day? And Whoa. what I've seen is how people are utilizing blockchain technology. Um, so she works with blood banks um, and through blockchain technology um, captures all the data on the blood and then has also created jobs for people that are driving motorbikes and have these proper cooler boxes to maintain the blood so that doctors can literally uh, put a message out saying, I need this type of blood now um and they can fetch it from the blood banks, deliver it immediately, the closest person can deliver it to that hospital. Um and through a cell phone that, that doctor can look at the, the you know, the the, um, the the blockchain um and and see what type of blood it is, etc. it's 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 saving thousands of lives because typically a doctor could never get access to the right type of blood that he needed at that particular point in time. So I'm just I'm I'm amazed at how People are redefining um, their own roles, not as a typical doctor, but also how people are harnessing technology to bring about efficiencies. And most of the young people that we've met that are innovating are always looking at how they can create jobs off Mm -hmm. the back of of what they're doing. So that, for me, is uh, incredibly encouraging. It's, it's again, Clement did not say I'm I'm looking at an energy, solving for energy. I'm looking at how I'm empowering a local community and creating jobs off the back of this. And I, and I found that literally every single person we spoke to, very much in terms of their innovations, they're looking at all of these different things. And I think that's what makes us really hopeful, given the fact that we've got so yeah. many young people coming so. into the economy that do require jobs. Mm-hmm. Is the
0: private, private sector actively involved in this, in this innovation process, um, um, Tracy?
2: we're starting to engage the private sector and certainly that um is part of our agenda going forward mm. is that a lot of the uh, you know the development banks um and um, and the development sector have played a key role in this um but there's huge opportunity for the pri- private sector to engage and that definitely is over the next couple of months we're going to be engaging the private sector to come on board in partnerships because now that we've got a great database of innovators that are looking um, to accessing financing to go to scale, I think we've got a very tangible um, offering for the private sector to start engaging with now.
0: Alright, cool. Let me come to you, Dr. But uh, Somebody might be listening to us, uh, you know, from the rural parts of uh, the continent and say, hey, hang on a second, I too have my own innovation that I would like to make it known across the continent and indeed the world, but I don't know how to do this as I don't have necessary mechanisms. What would you say to those uh, young innovators in rural parts of the continent?
1: Uh, what I will say is continue your struggle, continue your fight, continue to push, uh, continue to get engaged. Uh, there are different platforms. Uh, African Innovation Summit is one of the platforms. Uh, there are others that are emerging around the continent now because more and more people are beginning to discover that innovation is key uh, going forward on the continent. Uh, they need, uh, that's one. Two, we're going to be doing this on a, on a more regular basis and in the, I'm sure they do, they do have access to the internet. Uh, they should look at our website, the Africa Uh We they put more information when we, got, when we go for calls uh, for the next round, and they can also participate uh, in that uh, in that period. Uh, what I would also like to add is that the, we need to begin to look at innovation of the continent as a problem for all of us, as a challenge for all of us, uh, not just the those who are innovating themselves, but policymakers have to become engaged, because you look at some of the issues that Clement raised earlier, the issue of finance, access to market, uh, and the other things that they need to be able to get their innovation uh, to scale up from their local area to the countries around the continent. We require the policymakers to be more engaged and begin to make innovative policies that can incentivize people uh, to invest in the Clement or the other climates around the continent. And also in this regard, the private sector has a critical role to play. Uh, some of the big companies on the continent. Uh, the objective is simply just to accumulate wealth and make the, uh, the, uh, the biggest profit. Uh, we also begin to think about what kind of footprint are we leaving behind? What kind of impact are we leaving behind? And how do we grow our businesses if the whole economy is not growing? And so in this regard, the African private sector, the business people on the continent, the rich elite in Africa, have to find a way to begin to link with these young innovators to provide not just financing, mentorship, coaching, uh, helping them on how to access markets, uh, because a lot of these things are crucial for for the for the innovation to take place and to take root and to be able to be able to contribute to the change and the transformation that we need on the continent.
0: Tracy, young people, young innovators are always left out, uh, especially those who are in rural areas. What are you doing to make sure that you reach these young innovators in rural parts of the continent?
2: So certainly, when we had the applications coming through, we were really impressed with the amount of rural innovations that did come through, and some of them did make it for d- did make it forward. As I said initially, mm. we'd we'd. Um, focused on meritocracy and we had all of these judges around the continent there were some people that didn't make it that really were on the reserve list and 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 really would have um would have made it if we had had a hundred if we could have afforded to take a hundred hopefully next year we will sure. um but i would just say to them those those in a, it's it's the same for everyone um find uh the opportunity test it fail, get up again, test it again, and, and just go through that process until you've got something um, that, that your community will invest in or will buy f- buy from you or will use your service. So it doesn't ma- matter where you are, but you're probably innovating um, for a particular need in your community. And you've got to go through the same process until you've got to test your market, test your market, until you've, you've refined it and, and people are either starting to buy your product or service. And then you, you'll start getting business and going forward. And then also, again, tap into um, mentors. There's always somebody in your community that is a business person that has done something. Tap into them and, and, and don't let it go. If You need to find the knowledge. Sure. Don't be scared to ask people for help or run your idea. You know, there's... There's there's nothing shameful about that, and that's actually something I really want to encourage people to. Everyone's got time to give, all of us do. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your aunt or your uncle or your friend's, you know, father or someone that's running a business, just say, I need I need an hour of your time every weekend. I want you to help me build this business. I want your advice. What should I avoid? What can I do? Um, And just don't stop. Keep moving forward. You know, every door that you knock on, some of them will close. One of them will open. And you'll walk through that door. They might introduce you to somebody else that actually is interested in financing that first proof of concept. So never ever give give up. Just be vigilant about every day taking a step in the right direction.
0: Clement, I'm sure there are a lot of youngsters who want to follow in your footsteps as well. What would you say to them?
3: Um, you know, what,
0: what message would you like to share with them?
3: It's it's a very difficult road. Uh, be be prepared to to embark on a very difficult journey, but believe in 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 those dreams that you have and and you gotta be willing to to to, to stand the test honestly you you gotta be willing to fail and every time you fail, it' just tells you that the path that you had taken, a little path that you made a ten where you're not supposed to make a ten, you just have to go back to your main road again and you continue going so you you got to keep at it and and I think the issue of, of mentorship is critical you know you you, you got to have you got to understand as as, as as Tracy said you got to understand the people that can help you along each step so you need to understand your own processes if if you are close to an institution it's always good to 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 to, to get access to 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 the institutions the lecturers so that at least they can help with some of the information as well but also the protection of of the idea is also important to ensure that as you negotiate with with all these key stakeholders, your your intellectual property as well, understand exactly what you're getting yourself into as far as the intellectual property is concerned so that by the end of the day, you don't have a whole lot of people making a claim on, on, on your idea.
0: Sure a very important message indeed let me come to you Dr. Adeside as we are winding down our conversation here let's talk about the future of uh, the African Innovation Summits because I understand that uh, you also have satellite summits as well that are being held across uh, the continent, Uh, when is another summit going to be held after the one that was held in Rwanda Uh,
1: thank you very much, as we've been trying to say uh, earlier we, our we, uh, process for the Africa, our uh, idea for the Africa innovation Stories is to ensure that we get as many people engaged in this process of promoting innovation. So, in the last uh, summit that we had in uh, Kigali, we also had a satellite summit in South Africa in Pretoria, which was hosted for us by the, the DST, and we also did the same in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. Uh, it was hosted by the Minister of Science and Technology of Ethiopia. Uh, what we want to do is to hopefully multiply this process over time. As uh, we get as many countries and as many uh, institutions on the continent engaged in this process, uh, that is one. In terms of the next Africa Innovation Summit, uh, we are talking to our partners now and discussing this, and we will come up with some with some dates in the next uh, two or three months about where and where we go to be hosting the next summit. But in the meantime, uh, we are working with our partners like uh, Enterprise Room in South Africa and others to see how we can build this platform uh, that we provide the basis for networking among the innovators that are either selected or not selected, and also to link them up with um, the mentors, the coaches, and the potential investors, and also policymakers in one place where the dialogue can be continuous and be permanent instead of only when we meet every two years or so, uh, but to make, it on a day, to make it a daily, uh, a daily uh, uh, process of discussions and engagement and working together to resolve some of these uh, challenges
0: facing us on the continent. right Uh, unfortunately guys that's all we had time for where has the time gone (laughs) i would like to thank uh, my guests for having participated on the show and uh, clement uh, good luck with your vehicle energy harvesting system all the best thank you we hope uh, you will uh, represent us well you know thank you so much for coming through much appreciated Thank you. Uh, all right uh, remember the midday report is coming up at 12 uh, Central African time with uh, Zikona uh, and of course uh, before that we have your economic and sports news update from me Kumbero Mujerere uh, cheers we are playing out with a song uh, by uh, Sutokazi Agosi it's called Ubuntu enjoy cheers I'm an actress I'm a motivational speaker. Born with albinism, um, the nurse first asked my mother, "Is your husband white?"
2: My mother said, "No. Why are you asking me that question?"
1: When I grew up, there was no publication of person with albinism disappearing, mm. being stolen. You see, it was happening, but there was no exposure,
0: as it happening now.
1: Hi, I'm Pule Mulebazi, the presenter of the Albinism Report a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times: Monday, 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African Time and from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African Time. Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African Time. The Albinism Report. An Enlightened Narrative with me, Pule Mulebati, on Channel Africa from an African Perspective.